Tonight's episode of Legacy Battle is brought to you by Atlas Benefits. Atlas Benefits has solutions for your insurance needs. Atlas Benefits can help you obtain Medicare, health, or life insurance, and employee benefits. You can find them on the web at www.atlasbenefits.com. Or you can contact Rob Ducey or Roy Smith at 727-600-2892 and mention Legacy Battle Podcast. Atlas Benefits has all the solutions for your insurance needs. Enjoy the show. This is Legacy Battle. Make sure you hit subscribe on YouTube, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Join that Facebook group. I am Michael Adams, creator of Legacy Battle. My panelists tonight from the Gridiron Battle Zone, Brian King from Steelers Nation South, Rollo Coffin, and Penn State Collegiate All-Star Kevin Adams. Our special guest tonight, he's a former boxer. He's got a record of 43 wins, seven losses, and one draw with 30, 34 wins by TKO. He's fought guys like Witherspoon, Hollyfield, Bo, Tyson. He was the inaugural winner of the, the IBF, WBF, WBF Heavyweight Championship belts in 92. And, of course, he held the, the WBC Heavyweight title for two years. This guy's just an absolute stud in the ring, one of the best left jabs in the business. And coming this April 2022, he's been elected into the National Boxing Hall of Fame. We've got Pinkland Thomas. Pink, how are you today? Hey, Mike, I'm doing great, man. And uh, I just want to say thank you for having me, man. It's, it's an honor to have you here. I feel like I should do like the not worthy thing, you know? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> well, so tonight's debate, we're going to be debating boxers from different eras, kind of a, a then and now type thing. And we're going to see at the end of the night, maybe who would have been the best? And we're going to go kind of from in reverse order here. So we're going to start from the present and go to – so we're going to go to Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, nickname Iron Mike, Kid Dynamite, the baddest man on the planet, uh, one of the greatest heavyweight boxers of all time. He won gold medals as an amateur in the 81-82 Junior Olympic Games, competed professionally from 85 to 2005, if I'm not mistaken, he might be having a match come up here soon, too. Um, he was 18 years old when he debuted. He TKO'd his first opponent in the first round, and he actually fought 15 matches in his first year. That's a lot. That's a lot of fights in one year. Um, he was the undisputed heavyweight champion from 87 to 90. Uh, he won his first 19 fights by knockout, and 12 of those were in the first round. And he won 26 of his first 28 fights by TKO or knockout, with 16 of those being in the first round. He started his career 37-0 and 0 and uh, won 45 of his first 46 fights. Uh, he hold, holds the record for the youngest boxer ever to win the heavyweight title um, when he was 20 years old. Uh, he was the first to hold the WBA, the WBC, and the IBF titles at the same time. You know, he became the lineal champion uh, when he knocked out Spinks in 91 seconds in the first round. 
1992, he did run into some legal issues, but upon his release um, in 95, he regained the WBA and WBC titles in 96. He is one of six boxers to regain a heavyweight title um, after losing it. Um, he joins Ali, Witherspoon, Holyfield, Foreman, and Patterson in doing that. Uh, we all know in 97, he got the DQ for biting Holyfield's ear. Um, and that was a rematch uh, against Holyfield, and then he lost. Uh, Tyson was known for his high-intensity boxing style. Uh, had a knockout to win percentage of 88%. Uh, he ranked 16th on the Ring Magazine's list of 100 greatest punchers of all time. And first on ESPN's list of hardest hitters in heavyweight history. Sky Sports described him as perhaps the most ferocious fighter to step in the professional ring. And he has been inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame and the World Boxing Hall of Fame. He finished with a record of 50 wins, 44 knockouts, six losses, and two no contests. Um, he was the fighter of the year for the Ring Magazine in 86-88. And who can forget his video game? Still one of the best boxing video games to ever come out. And don't forget, this man knocked out Gilligan Afkis in The Hangover. Yeah, so this man is definitely. <laughs> so, Pink, was there was there ever a boxer who had could knock somebody out with just one punch as well as Mike Tyson could, in your opinion? Well, I think Mike was a was a great great champion. Um, he intimidated a lot of guys because of his actions um, because he. He took guys out in the first round. He uh, went after them with a vengeance. And, um, you know, of course, when I fought Mike, um, I, um, you know, I, a little bit of experience, I think I had a little bit of experience to, uh, I tried to uh, capture the moment of uh, not being able to get hit by all the bombs that he was throwing. You know, and um, but you know, for me, Mike uh, was a great champion. He held his own. I'm, I can appreciate him as a, a champion. Uh, just a tough call with uh, him being, uh, you know, in the league of all the elites, and then to come up with one is going to be crazy. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we do on here. It's 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 a hard job. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to our second boxer tonight, and that's going to be Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Well, I'm going to get to some of the accomplishments in a moment, but first, I believe it's important to understand just who Muhammad Ali was. Uh, Ali was controversial. Uh, he changed his name from Cassius Clay when he had a sort of spiritual awakening and, and turned to the Islamic religion. Uh, this caused a stir in the boxing community at the time, which was mostly Christian and Jewish. Um, Ali was patriotic to some, but treasonous to others. Uh, when in 1966, he refused to be drafted for the Vietnam War, um, he was stripped of his title and he lost four years of boxing in the prime of his career. Uh, Ali was intimidating and not just because of what he could do in the ring, but he often defeated opponents before matches even started by just getting under their skin uh, with his legendary trash talk. Uh, like versus Joe Frazier, it's going to be a chilla and a killa and a thrilla when I fight that gorilla in Manila. Or, um, uh, or against uh, Sonny Liston when he just said, he's too ugly to be the champion. Or my personal favorite, 
was against Floyd Patterson when he said, if you ever dream of beating me, you better wake up and apologize. <laughs> and the, guy just, the guy just talks so much trash and, yeah. and, and just you know mess with guys' heads. And Ali was a genius in the ring. Um, he had that fancy footwork. Uh, it really had never been seen before, especially by heavyweights. Uh, you know, opponents had so much trouble connecting with this guy. Uh, they got frustrated. He was a tough guy to, to cut off the ring, uh, you know, with. Um, and, and then he had it. Then he had the rope a dope in 1974 in a match against George Foreman. He allowed himself to be hit while he was against the ropes at the edge of the ring. And then when Foreman least expected it, he bounced off the ropes and devastated him with a with a powerful power punch. Um, there was just so much about Ali that made him legendary. Uh, but let's look at his accomplishments now. 54, I'm sorry, 56 and 5, 37 knockouts. He had a gold medal in the 1960 Olympics. He beat Sonny Liston, Floyd Patterson, Joe Frazier, Ken Norton, George Foreman, and Leon Spinks. Uh, he was in the fight of the century, the thriller, thriller in Manila, the rumble in the jungle. And he was the first heavyweight fighter to win the championship on three separate occasions. And he successfully defended his title 19 times. Before he defeated Sonny Liston in 1964, he proclaimed, I am the greatest. And really, I see no lies. So, Pink, Ali, this guy fought wars in the ring. You, you just don't see fights like that nowadays, it seems. I mean, what are your thoughts on Ali? I'm, I'm sure you probably met him. And not just inside the ring, but outside the ring. What kind of a man is he? was he? Well, Ali, Ali was very uh, a humble guy. I, I emulated a lot of things from Ali, the, just the being nice, uh, picking up kids, uh, taking the being a kid advocate. Um, he's uh, he, he's uh, he, he just he was a jokester. He kept you laughing. Um, uh, nothing bad. You never heard him say nothing bad about nobody. And his style uh, in the ring uh, and even outside the ring, he was uh, a master. Uh, he could stick, he could move, he could dance, he could punch. You know, he just wasn't a great body puncher. But um, through it all, you know, and what he'd been through, you know, is is a giant in the game, you know, again, you know, you got a guy who uh, who is the, considered the greatest of all time, we claim and say, you know, as uh, we all would, you know, have, have said at one time or another, but again, you're dealing with uh, some of the greatest champions of all time, you know, in the, in the world who have uh, competed and uh, to compare them, to, to see the styles, it's, uh, it's again, Another look uh, under the microscope. <laughs> Brian, if you add in those four years that he missed, like, and he gets all those wins during that time, I mean, maybe add in one loss during that time, but still his numbers are going to be through the roof. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, he was riding high after that, you know, after that win against Sonny Liston and you know, a couple of title defenses. And, you know, I mean, at that point, he hadn't even lost yet. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows what, you know, with that kind of confidence that he had going and, and that, you know, not having that, 
four day or four year layoff of you know what that did to you know just not having that ring action. Right. All right, let's move on to we're gonna go back even further in time here, going to Rocky Marciano. So the Rock, he's got a couple of nicknames here: the Rock from Brockton, the Brockton Blockbuster. I kind of like those. <laughs> I've got to use that sometime for myself. I like that a lot. But anyways, uh, he started fighting in 1947. So 56, 70 years it's been. But uh, he became the world heavy, heavyweight champion in 1952. And he held it all the way until 1956. Had a record of 49-0. and 0. He's the only guy we're talking about tonight who didn't lose. Um, with 43 KOs. Um, and he's the only champ to retire, heavyweight champ to retire undefeated. His 85.7% win to KO is the highest in history among heavyweights. Ring Magazine has him as the 14th greatest puncher of all time and the sixth greatest heavyweight champion of all time. So Rocky had stamina, he had punching power, very durable chin. Um, he could definitely take a hit. And he was always coming at you. He, he, he never stopped attacking, which was uh, one of his strengths. And he holds the longest undefeated streak as a heavyweight champion tied with Brian Nielsen. Um, it's said that it's been said that he didn't fight great fighters. Um, uh, but that wasn't his fault, really. He could only fight who there was during that time period. Um, so that's kind of a misconception, in my opinion. He fought everyone that came up, so he fought who he could. Um, there was a computer fight done that had Ali versus Marciano, and uh, two fights each. They did two fights. Both of them won one of those computer fights, so you can kind of take that for what it's worth. And, of course, you know, Rocky Balboa, the, played by Sylvester Stallone, his fighting style that he used in that, he actually took that from Rocky Marciano. And if you remember in the first film, he had the, the picture of, of Marciano in, in his apartment there. So, um, you know, unfortunately, Marciano, he died in 1969 in a plane crash, much too young. Nothing he could really, you know, say about that, unfortunately. He was a great boxer, undefeated. I think the only other one is Mayweather, who's not in the heavyweight class. So, Pink, I mean, what are your thoughts on, one, being able to stay undefeated during your entire tenure? And, and your thoughts on, on Marciano? Hey, you know, I'm really impressed. I uh, was uh, reading uh, some stuff on Marciano that I didn't know about his amateur career. I think he was like eight and four. Yeah, he had 12 amateur fights. And um, he was eight and four. And uh, to then to, to go on to the fight, uh, at least of my amateur fights that he did do, and then go into the pros and stand strong and fight some of the some 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 great fighters. Whether uh, as you say in that era, uh, behind the Joe Lewis line, uh, it was it, it 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 was faded. But at the same time, I give credit to every heavyweight that ever was a heavyweight and a champion. I mean, a champion. Because the, the work that you got to put in, the time that you got to put in, the things that you got to do to excel, to be the best, uh, I give all the credit in the world. And, you know, to hear, uh, to, of course, not knowing him before, but to read about his power and what he did 
and how he put the pressure on you. And then he had the good endurance and the stamina. Wow, another, another, uh, another, uh, wow, tough look at, you know, the competition uh, to be looked at and to be judged. All right, let's move on to our final fighter tonight. That's going to be Joe Lewis. Brown Bomber, Joseph Lewis Barrow. He made his debut at 17. <clears throat> he was called Joe Lewis by rumor uh, that he wasn't literate enough to write his name completely. So he wrote Joe Lewis on his first fight card, and that's how the name stuck. Um, <clears throat> he was 50 and four as an amateur. He was 66 and three as a professional. So he fought over 123 times in his career. That's a lot of fights. I think that's the most of any of these, these uh, contestants that we're debating tonight. Um, <clears throat> he held the heavyweight title from 1937 to 1949. And from January 39 to May 41, he defended his title 13 times. So in 29 months, he defended his title 13 times. He won 39 straight fights between his loss to Ezra Charles and Matt Schmeling. He won 39 straight fights. Um, he lost three fights professionally, and those fighters that he lost to had over 200 combined wins between those three. Max Schmeling, Rocky Marciano, Ezra Charles. Um, he, was the, he was completely different to Muhammad Ali. He actually had, by his manager, seven commandments that he had to fight under. Uh, they were, he was never to have his picture taken with a white woman. He was never to go to a nightclub alone. He would not have any soft fights. There were no fixed fights. He would never gloat over opponent. And he would never uh, uh, live, he would live and fight clean. And he would uh, never, he would always have to deadpan in front of the camera. So he always had to look at the camera. So he's fourth in ESPN's uh, top fighters of all time, fourth in NBC Sports top, fi top fighters of all time. The Brown Bomber, my pick. So much like Marciano, it was also said of Joe Lewis that there was a time period where he was basically fighting the bum of the month club is what they called it. I find that totally unfair. This is a man who had 13 title defenses and they're calling him bum of the month club. That's absolutely ridiculous. Pink, I mean, you can only fight who's thrown at you, uh, especially back in the day. He did everything he was supposed to just like The Rock. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on Joe Lewis? He had great punching power for sure. Well, my father, that's the first fighter that I ever even heard about. I can remember uh, uh, I was young, very young, uh, six, seven years old. My father would come in and him and his buddies would be talking and they'd have Bible study and uh, and uh, they would come in. Of course, they'd be drinking their liquor and uh reading the Bible and talking and arguing the Bible. And my mother would look at him and like, you know, like, you know, she'd get upset. But then the subject would change real fast. And I heard my father going to the story about Joe Lewis and talking about Joe Lewis and losing his first shape paycheck to Max Mulling and all this stuff. So that's what really brought attention to my eyes about Joe Lewis. Um, a lot of similarities, you know, with the reach, the height, uh, uh, the weight I was of Joe Lewis. Um, I was, you know, but you know what? Uh, a great, 
one of the great, the greatest champ, one of the greatest champions of all time. I mean, what can you say? But you know what, Mike? Yeah. You know what? To sum it all up, you know what? I can't even do it. I can't say who. Because it was time, it was in a different era. You had Ali who could stick and move and dance. You had Marciano who could put the pressure on you and hit you at any with one big punch. Yeah. You know, and back in that time, you know, you didn't have no distractions. You didn't have no, uh, you know, no uh, uh, technology and all that stuff. You just went to work and did what you had to do. And, um, you know, um, because I fought Mike, you know, I mean, Mike was a tough kid. I, I just questioned his endurance and stamina to go the distance. But again, you got to take off the three years that he had behind his conviction, you know, to what could, he could have developed over that period of time, you know. So you and, and with Ali missing the three years that he had already was the, the greatest uh, performer inside and outside the ring. You know what can you say? You know, um, so it, you know I, I really don't know. I'm back in the, you know back in the day um, up until this point. You know we've had great champions in a great area, great entertainment. All I do know now is that we don't have one. <laughs> that is true. The heavyweight, we the heavyweight have, division. We don't have one that we can, you know, we can cherish love and, and, and really uh, share the camaraderie about, and, you know. But uh, for the four that has been mentioned, you know, it's a conversation piece. Well, we'll, well, we'll give you, uh, oh, let, me, let me jump in real quick. Something else about Joe Lewis is, um, you know, you consider the time period when he came in, you know, being, you know, being African-American, that was a rough time period to be an athlete. I mean, we saw, you know, like with Jackie Robinson get introduced to baseball or Ernie Davis and football, you know, that was a rough time. And, and, you know, for him to perform as well as he did, I'm sure he dealt with a lot of that, you know, the, this kind of stuff that, that made things difficult for, you know, for a person like him. And and that's coming off the the heels of what they did to Jack Johnson, you know, so definitely yeah. definitely a tough yeah. time. So we'll yeah. we'll give we'll give you a pass on your vote, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna vote twos here. So Brian, who who are you taking? Can't vote for your own guys. Okay, um, I it's very difficult. But I'm gonna go with Mike Tyson on this one. The reason why was just the way that I think that during his peak. There was really nobody matched his, you know, his peak of just coming in and just devastating guys. And, and just, I mean, we saw it like with the Michael Spinks, undefeated Olympic hero, everything Michael Spinks had going for him. And then he only lasts like a minute and a half in the ring with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson could just come in there and just devastate people and, and, and intimidate, you know, champions and, and great, great boxers. So I got to go with Mike Tyson. I'm going to go next, and I completely agree with what Pink said. I don't think Tyson had the stamina to go a long time. I mean, how many of his longer matches did he win? Very, very few. Now, I know he got ended up with some bad management later on that 
you know, lost his really good trainers and all that. But he, he didn't have stamina, so I, I just – I can't pick him. Um, Ali is as good as all four boxers we're talking about. And I think just because of the show and spectacle that he put on, I, I got to vote for Ali. Kevin? <clears throat> Tyson only lost six matches, man. So, to say uh, – he, he was winning in two rounds. Yeah. So yeah, he, he actually has the most losses of anybody we're talking about tonight. So yeah. true, but it, we have people that knocked out people as quickly as he has, as many times as he has. So yeah, anyway. I'm gonna go with uh, Marciano, the undefeated record. That's pretty impressive. Oh jeez. <laughs> Rallo. I'm going with Marciano. Of all these fighters that we're talking about tonight, Marciano is the only one that faced one of the these opponents up here. So he beat Joe Lewis. And he went 49 and 0, and that's a difficult thing to do in, in boxing. One bad night, one good punch, you're out. Yeah, that's your point. So, uh, Pink, do you want do you want to just uh, stay unvoted, or you want to throw a vote in for somebody? You know what? I I um, I, I love Muhammad. I always said I wouldn't have never even fought Muhammad. I mean, we became we're very good friends. Um, uh, with Mike, um, I I love him. I, I call him a kid. Unfortunately, I mean he's younger than me, of course, but a couple of years, three or four years younger. But um, you know, I, 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 I think a lot of Mike too. But I, uh, but then Marciano, uh, I never knew. Um, but um, I only imagine you know, what he could have done and what he would have done to uh, um, to certain fighters. And um, Muhammad Ali um, is the master. So we got Joe, we got Ali, we got Mike Tyson, and we got Marciano, right? Correct. Yeah. So, um, again, I would have to say I'm not going to vote. <laughs> Fair enough. So that's one for Tyson tonight, one for Ali, two for Marciano. Let's move into our Q&A for Pink. Um, well, looks like I got the win tonight, so I get first question. <laughs> so let's, uh, let, let, let's start out with this. Can you tell me about Project Pink? Wow, Project Pink. You know, Project Pink is a great program that I started and I, and I started from, uh, I had, it started in the early 90s and it was called uh, Youth Anti-Drug Crime Program. And uh, I was working with uh, juveniles from um, all the, the different counties here in Florida. And they, the detention centers from each city and county, and they, we end up uh, having one facility that will facilitate these guys, uh, level six, level eight, uh, serious big offenders. And uh, they would all have to go, they go through the judge, uh, they go to court, and they get sentenced to our program. And, um, and so, 
as I work with these kids and, and then I realize where I come from and where I've been and what I've been through, um, wow, you know, I came up with the, the, the idea of Project Pink, Pride Neighborhood Kids and Mentors, because I would go, I was working as a tech and then as a counselor, and it was these kids was from single, you know, moms, families, uh, drug dealers, you know, home invaders, different ones. And they had no respect for women, no respect at all, period. And uh, I just, uh, as I grew up and I, you know, I didn't grow up in the projects. I didn't grow up in the, in the hood. But I went to the hood, I went to the projects. Now I got out and I did the things, I got caught up in the rhythm. So um, I seen all of that and I seen how to, you know, to communicate and deal with it. And I, and I could deal with the knuckleheads that was coming in there. So when I thought about Project Pink, I said, wow, Project Pink is all over the world. Project Pink is a program that these kids, you know, you got these this type of environment. I, as a champion, you know, and in preparation, getting ready in, in Philadelphia, growing up in Plank, Michigan, and hanging in New York and California, and going to Thailand and, and, and different countries, you know, there was a ghetto, there was a hood, there was things that was going on. So I said, our pride neighborhood kids was the, what I wanted to do was they help and turn these kids around. The ones who was going through that, who who uh, who was uh, uh, you know being encouraged and influenced by a family member because you know that's all they knew. So I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to establish them. I wanted to establish them as in whatever skill they wanted to become. So I, I before I put together a, a, a training routine and I continued to develop. And a routine developed athletes. It did not only for football, basketball, track, boxing, hockey, soccer, whatever. I developed the muscle. I developed the mind. I developed the spirit. The mental, the spiritual, and the physical all comes together. I have four father sons right now. And then ones who don't want to compete, they, don't, they can't take a shot, don't want to take a shot, you know, then, you know, but if they're in school and they want to go to school, I got kids going to school and be a doctor, got kids going to be a scientist, you know. Uh, so what I do is I prepare them physically and to go uh, uh, go through the extreme and over and above the call of duty to get to where uh, they are just totally mentally and physically exhausted. And then I will tell them, you know, and I'll show them love. I'll pour water on them and I'll bring them, I'll bring them back, you know. <laughs> and then I can talk to them and say, hey, you know, look, I'm impressed. I love you, man. You did, you did a great thing. You know what you've done? If you went beyond the call of duty, you know, and what I want to see you do is to apply these principles and skills to any and everything that you want to do. If you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be an Indian chief, this is what you got to go through to get to it. Uh, and it ain't got to be physical. You got to have the book knowledge. You got to have, you got to, you know, that mentality has got to be strong as your physical ability to 
to go through the extreme of what you just went through, you know? And so that's what I get out of it. And that's what I push and I uh, influence the young people to do. Not, not only the young people, but as I've developed them, I've developed uh, them as kids to uh, teenagers to adults, you know? And, and some, of course, uh, fell, fell, fell by the wayside, but it's some that's went on to be film producers. There's some that's went on to be uh, become uh, uh, computer whiz, uh, uh, um, just uh, great family men, you know, uh, where they had to go through a program that uh, it was, if they didn't make it through the program, they was going to go to prison, you know. So, um, I'm very proud. I get calls. I get letters all the time still from people who are, hey, Pink, man, I just found you on Facebook. You remember me, you know? And I have to re just give me your name, the, the last name. Or you re remember when you told, I learned this, I learned that. And it's just a great feeling, you know? So, but I, and of course, you know, I'm 33 years in recovery. So I've had my day. I've been out here. I've, I've rumbled. Uh, in, in them streets and played the game and hustled and contracts on my head and all kind of stuff. So I lived the life of the of the craziness and I've died with kings and queens and I've had the luxury of uh, being, you know, in the presence of uh, great people and then being on the bottom and hanging out with, with, with some of the guys who just, you know, uh, have and had great potential to achieve and to grow. And that's what I like to do. And that's what I do today. And that's what Project Pink is all about. Carlo, go ahead. So you're, you, you, your last 27 fights, you won 26 of them. You had one draw in that time. The competitor in you, did you want to keep that streak going? Or were you like, I'm just walking out on top? Um, give me that question again. I'm sorry, I didn't quite so you won. So your last 27 fights, you won 26 of them. And you had right. one draw in between. So you were 26-0-1 in that, that let your last 27 fights. Did the competitor in you want to keep that streak going? Or did you even know that you had that kind of streak going? Or did you just want to walk walk out on top, you know, with that type of streak going? No, you know what? I didn't even know. I, I didn't recognize that. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, as you can see, uh, uh, everybody have their issues and problems going on, just like with Ali, you know, uh, didn't go to the service and got, you know, incarcerated for that. Tyson behind his issues, uh, different ones. I mean, I I, went, I had my personal problems and issues that was going on, and it just took me away from the game, and I didn't um, prepare like I should have. No excuses, you know. Uh, but, you know, that's a good point. You know, I didn't even look at it like that. I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, I 
No, it wasn't that I just wanted to leave out and leave it like it was. Of course, I would have wanted to, you know, maintain it. I think I lost to Burbick by one round. And uh, that was, I think, still, I'm, I'm not happy about it. But, you know, I, that's what that's the way it was, you know. Kevin, go ahead. So in, I believe it was 87, uh, you fought Mike Tyson. Uh, yeah. And was, if I'm not to say it was for a title, right? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Mike had regained. I lost the belt to Burbick, and then Tyson beat Burbick. All right. So uh, going into that match, knowing Tyson and how he was fighting and, and whatnot, what was going on through your mind, like getting ready, prepping for that match, and, and what, what were you thinking during the match? You know, man, I've told that story so many times, and I, you know, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, a win is a win is a win, a loss is a loss is a loss. You know, uh, I just give credit to Mike for winning, you know, um, I can tell a story about, you know, what happened to me personally, what went on in the ring, but it, who really cares, you know? Uh, it's, it, it don't matter, you know? Kid was a great, I still call him a kid. He's still a great champion. I love him, I respect him. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I, give him the, I give him his props, man, you know? Brian. Well, Pink, you, you alluded to it earlier um, that you dealt with, you know, substance, substance abuse, um, you know, early in your career, but you were able to, to rise above and you managed to stay clean for over 30 years now. Can you yes. tell us what it was that, that, that got things turned around for you? Yeah. Um... And 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 it's it's really crazy, man. You know, because I didn't uh, become clean till I was um, uh, wow, uh, thirty-one, uh, twenty-nine, and it was I fought Tyson, I fought Holyfield, and you know, all the way up from a kid, from a kid. You know, and then I can remember when I was about 20 and I started to fight and I went into the gym and, uh, I, and I did a speedball <laughs> and I was boxing this big guy named Larry Frazier. And, um, and uh, Larry hit me. I seen a punch coming and I couldn't get away from it. And, I, you know, I got really nauseated and sick. And I said, man, I ain't doing this no more. But I did continue to smoke weed, drink, and do different things, you know. But at the end, when I fought Holyfield, and I was down in Miami with Angelo Dundee, and Angelo was working with me, and, um, you know, I went out really bad, and I, I blew a show that I was supposed to do and with Angelo, a, a color commentary show. And Angelo, uh, I went, and Betty called me and said, I need to come over there right away. Angelo was mad. And I went up there, and he never looked at me. 
and he told me, Betty, he won't have nothing to do with me no more. He said, go get his file. There was a bank down here. I had a safe deposit box. Get everything out, leave him alone, blah, blah. I don't have nothing else to do with him no more. He ain't never, he ain't say goodbye. <laughs> but I, when he kicked me out of office, he didn't kick me out of office, you know, but I, he just said, Betty, take his belongings with him and tell him to go. And, and, and all this was right in front of me. And I went to treatment. And I mean, I went out really bad. Uh, I did go to treatment. And I got out after I was out about probably a month, month and a half. Betty called me and I left Miami and went back to Michigan and nobody but God knew where I was. And I was 16 miles from my family in Michigan in Southie. And, um, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I get a call from Betty. And Betty calls my mother in my father's house and said, Pink, she said, Angela wants you to come and do this show. And I said, are you serious? I get choked. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I can always get choked up and I talk about that guy, man. I don't know why. But he, you know, he, uh, they, they asked me to, they told me they were sending me tickets. They wanted me to come to do the show. And it was in March and the show was going to be the, 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 the um, press conference was going to be in uh, April. And he had Ali, he had Ernie Shavers, he had Jimmy Ellis, he had Willie Pelt, and he had Willie Pastrano. And they invited me to come out. And we all got together and stuff. And the next thing you know, I mean, and that's, that's what really got me straight, man. When he hit me on the head, and made me like, you know, just told me they didn't want to have nothing else to do with me. And I went to treatment and I dealt with it. And I, you know, I smoked, I drank, I did everything until I got out of, I made a vow to myself. And once I left that treatment center, I wasn't going to smoke another cigarette and I wasn't going to use another drug and I wasn't going to drink again. And only through the grace that I'm still here today. And that's how me and me and Angelo became very close. He always told me I was the greatest. And I would say, no, Muhammad was the greatest. And he said, no, you're the greatest. And I said, no, man, come on, Muhammad's the greatest. He said, no, you know why? He said, because Pink, he said, you've been through more than Carla got pills. You know, and you rise to the occasion, you come out. He said, man, and look at you now. He said, I love you, man, you know, for doing it or cleaning up myself. And it was, you know, through him, you know, that really helped me. I want to be, uh, got me clean. I had to get my, I had to do it myself, you know. But it was a real, it was a tough, oh, man. Man, I got hit from a shot that uh, I couldn't take it. <laughs> I, I, you know, I couldn't take it, man. You know, to have to go out like that and then not recover would have been the, the just would have been a, a sin to me. I just couldn't do it. 
for someone who had been so good to me. Kevin, I owe you a question from last show, so go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, if you could just tell us a little bit about your book, uh, Back from the Edge of Hell. Yeah, Back from the Edge of Hell. You, this is my book right here. And um, my beautiful wife is on there. And on the back of the book tells you, um, you know, where I've been and what I've been through. You know, I tell you a little bit about myself. And um, uh, the book. It's just a biography about the from the bottom to the top as a kid going through the drugs, the lifestyle, the contracts on my head, uh, finding boxing. Um, wow, uh, the recovery from I had hepatitis, uh, the recovery from that when they came out with the blue pill and wasn't it wasn't Viagra. <laughs> It was the pills, <laughs> the pill that took away the uh, the help. See, and uh, I did that, and then I came down with prostate cancer, and I had to make a choice uh, to live or die. And I've had people who made the wrong decision, you know, and um, you know, I, re I restored myself from that, um, and uh, just. Uh, went on to continue on to live the day and be happy, man, you know, but it tells some great stories in here about the fight that I fought and how I got it, but more importantly, I give it, I don't, I didn't write this book to make money, I wrote this book to give it away. I give it away to people, of course you can get it off Amazon, I give this book away because guys who caught up in the rhythm of the lifestyle, the drugs, living fast and don't think that they can get out of it. Man, when you read this book, you're going to realize that there is a God, you know, and I know the only help that brought me through and the grace and the prayers of my parents and everybody who believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. So we'll get you out of here with this. For years, Larry Holmes was ducking you. Was he afraid of you? Hey, you know what? I wouldn't even want to say nothing. <laughs> I don't say nothing about that. And I'm still not going to say it, man. You know, I think this would be the first show I never even said nothing about that uh, or said nothing about Larry. Hey, Larry, I, I love Larry. I see him. In the passing, uh, another great champion. Um, uh, yeah, you know, he, you know, we know what it was, you know. So that's all that really mattered between me and God and, uh, and the people who really believe in, in the pink man and knowing about the left jab and, you know, uh, how threatening I could have been or, um, that's all I have to say. You know, <laughs> great champion. Uh, you know, a lot of love. A lot of love to all the great champions out there, man. You know, I ain't got nothing but respect for everybody. Everybody in the sport has brought it all together and made it happen. I'm just not really happy about the division now and how things are going. But um, uh, hopefully, 
you know, one day it all come together again. But my thing is, that's what I do now. I train, but I old school train. I teach the spinning, the pulling, and the you know, the, the you know, the kickouts, the you know, the old school boxing, the slip slide, uh, the old Georgie Benton, nice defense, the slip and roll, you know, uh, type stuff that you don't hardly see no more. And you have a lot of kids, young men, who are armchair experts who, you know, they think they know what they don't. And uh, we got it. Angelo, uh, Georgie, these guys were teachers. They, they, they could talk you through it. And the day I learned that, you know, I ain't got to be all physical. I ain't got to get them to do a hand pad. I ain't got to, you know, do it. I sit down in my chair and I, I give instruction. I can put my foot down and say, yeah, you put your, you put your foot here, put your foot there, raise your hand, get at this angle. You know, so um, uh, I'm just, I'm happy to have had some of the great trainers that I've had to, to give me what I uh, got and have accomplished to be able to give back. Well, congratulations on the Hall of Fame. That is an honor. We are all going to look forward to, to seeing that and checking that out. That can just, I can't say congratulations enough. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. Hey, Logan, Mike, I appreciate it. I really do, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just elated again. I want to thank you for having me. And um, yeah, it was a great honor to get the call and say I was invited, I was um, being inducted. And um, yeah, looking forward to it. So I look forward to maybe hollering back again sometime soon. Okay. Absolutely. Everybody make sure you hit subscribe on whatever you're listening on and have a good night.